Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, I'm Rachel Vella. And I'm Suzanne Mushin, and you're listening to The Big Payoff Podcast. Rachel and I have been best friends and business partners for over 19 years, and these are the conversations that we're having about work, even when we're not working. And you know what? We bet you are too. You know, Adam Grant had this fantastic article in the New York Times a couple of weeks ago, early November, and it was about teaching your children how to argue is important. You want your children to argue more. And it was a very provocative headline. And I read the article, Suzanne, and I thought it was actually a brilliant and brilliantly timed piece because he was basically talking about why learning how to argue is so important now. And especially in today's culture where there's so much argument that the temptation is to go, we need to stop arguing. No, we need to learn how. How to do it well. How to do it well and how to understand that it is actually a a tool for you to, to do better. We're going to talk to the single person that you and I have been watching argue in in a number of settings. I, I visible. I can visualize one on a subway. Oh, I, I was just going <laughs> to say subway. it was the subway. But that's when I realized that for this person, yeah, arguing is an aphrodisiac. It gives him a big old boner, and we're going to bring him in to tell us how does that work for him. He he doesn't just like it. It, he gets off on it, and therefore he's so freaking good at it. I think what we're seeing now is there seems to be argument for argument's sake, and that feels awful. But we want to talk today about when is it the right thing to do right. at work? Right. It, because you and I, as partners for this long, for two decades, have had to really, in furtherance of our work, because that's the point, it has to be in furtherance of something. In order to advance our work and our partnership, which um, I know you still want, I'm a little ambivalent myself, but in order to further that, we have to learn how to argue when we disagree. And how to argue with each other in front of a client, Yeah, which means it can't be argument for argument's sake. No. It has to be because we're demonstrating how this back and forth between the two of us is valuable to them. Right. Let's 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 start by talking about why you should do it. Sorry. 
So I feel like arguing in, in today's world is getting a very bad rap, as if the point is, and all the articles around Thanksgiving this year were how to avoid argument at the table, at the table right? How to what avoid not to it, talk not, about? Yeah, basically the message was how to skirt. Anything that could potentially trigger an argument and that it's always about he who shall not be named. And um, on the contrary, I think there are moments, there are lots of moments when in fact arguing is the thing to do. And those moments you need to understand when those are and why arguing becomes important. Let's stick with the why. So I think the main thing you need to see is that Arguing something out is is going to make an idea better. That's a good reason to do it in furtherance of an idea. So you really believe, and this is you have to believe that this is true, that you're arguing because the back and forth is making whatever the topic is better. You're getting to something through the argument right, or process. it's a creative brainstorm. You can't do it alone and you need the kind of push and pull that makes an, arg- an idea great and you're arguing with the idea in the center of the table to make it better. So that's number that's one. That's right. And you and I do do that in front of clients often. And that's what you, you just, just said. said do do. And I won't have it on the air. <laughs> um, I could point to the middle of the table like there's a big piece of pile of crap on it. But the big point that that in the this is a good visual. If you're sitting on the same, if Rachel and I are on the same side of the table and the problem is the big piece of crap in the middle of the table, as long as we're pointing at that and not each other, yeah. that's good. The other thing, reason to argue is to clarify your own point of view. And I actually think that we do that. It's almost unconscious that we try to help each other. Like I'll push back on you and you'll push back on me, not always because we disagree, but because I really want to get to that point of clarity. And the only way to do it is to have somebody question me. Right. And, and the hard part, of course, which is just not happening enough today is how about learning more to inform your point of view? I mean, people are so locked in right now to their own point of view. Liberals, as much as conservatives, locked and loaded on their point of view. And there's no learning happening. So argument with someone who's your peer, whom you respect, okay, but who may have a different point of view, arguing is a way of your learning something. Not necessarily taking their point of view, but informing your own. Shocking. 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 And, and finally, I would say there are times when it's okay to argue in defense of yourself. And I've said on this podcast a couple of times that there are moments when I wish I had pushed back in a meeting, moments where I wish I would have stuck up for myself. This just happened last week. We were going around the table at a large meeting. And again, I I associate part of this, I'm just going to admit, with being one of the few women in the room. I'm just going to be honest about my point of view on that. And we were being asked to evaluate another person's candidacy for a job. And we were told to each give our opinion. And there was a moment when someone across the table from me said something that I actually just thought was outrageous. And I immediately started to argue. What was the first phrase out of your mouth? I remember. I said, I don't think that's fair. Yeah. I said, I said, I don't think that's meaning that's not a fair comment. I was so dinged by the head of this meeting. Slammed. Slammed. 
And I, I, in that moment, failed to push back when I should have, because not only did I want to defend myself by saying, I'm sorry, aren't we supposed to be having a conversation to get the best candidate? And if so, why are we not having a back and forth? Right. But, you know, what we're going to do a little later in this show is give you some tools in your arsenal of how you could have come out with something other than I don't think that's fair, <laughs> which then gives them an opening to slam you. There was a way to do it. Probably there's a better way. There was a better way. Here's what doesn't work in arguing, okay? And you just have to, you, you know when you're doing it. When you are being, you have a very strong point of view and you know you're right. You just know you're right. And someone's disagreeing and there may be some time pressure here. There's usually time pressure to come to a decision and you decide you're going to try to bully or you're going to try to be dismissive in your tone. Like basically the subtext is you're a fucking idiot to have that point of view. So just close your mouth now. Why are you? (laughs) (laughs) Because of the few, I actually have almost a record in my head, not that I keep intentionally, but just there because it's so rare where I've hung up on you. Uh I've actually clicked, not even said I'm hanging up now where I've literally just hit the off button. And the phrase that I always say right before that is, Rachel, don't talk to me that way. Yeah. And And what you really, what you really should be saying is, um, Mr. Newton, Rachel's father, <laughs> stop talking to me that way because that's exactly whose clothes I'm wearing at that moment. Oh, wait a minute. There's a chance I might not win this argument. Hold on. Let me put on my dad's clothes and just like diminish you yeah. the way he, yeah. I was diminished when he when I disagreed yeah. with him. It's a, it's a, it, it's it bullying. It's bullying and it's dismissive yeah. and it Don't basically reduces the other person as a person for having that other opinion. Yeah. Don't do it. Doesn't work. It ends the argument, all right, but it, 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 you always have to then make up for it. And let's talk about my least favorite phrase. I hate this so much when people use it. Don't do this. Where you just, there's a back and forth and then someone says, you know what, let's just agree to disagree. Oh, God. Fuck that. Yeah. Why would I agree to disagree? Right. <laughs> that makes no, no, no there's sense. No, no. So don't be smug. Right. Or I'll become dismissive and bullying if you do that. Let's talk about the loud voice. Oh, yeah. The, you know, tone is really a lot of it. Like, it's so much of arguing is so much less about the content than it is about the tone. If you know, if there is a persuasive tone and then there's like a, and I don't want to use hysterical because that's a sort of female thing, but just raising your voice doesn't help. The really loud, loud, I'm more passionate about this than oh you God, are and it. therefore I'm going to no, win. You just nailed it. Yeah. Passion is a, is a fake out. If you are, when I'm in a room with someone and they go there to passion, I'm more passionate about this. Let me... I know they're covering up for something. Yeah, and usually they're covering up for the fact that they don't have content. They're out of ammunition. So they're going to pull for the thing that they think is going to win. Don't do that. There's nothing actually wrong in the middle of an argument of bringing the tone down. And in fact, Rachel, I think that's a moment of power. I think if you can, in the middle of an argument, just go, you know what, let's bring this down a notch. Yeah. Although I really... That could be patronizing. Ugh. God, when people go, can we calm down? Like, okay. Oh, well, that. In the history, history. <laughs> of calming down, no one has calmed down as a result of saying calm down. 
So Hank Norman's going to come back in a second. Hank is a, a media coach. And he was one of he was the very first person who trained us. Tried to. Tried to. And I remember one thing he said to us. He said, You're you two are never gonna get good on the air, live or podcast, until you take each other on in a real way. You're protecting each other. And we still do. We still do. We still do. We're, I think we still do. Well let's find out. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, let's all say hi to Hank Norman because what we've got right here is the master of conflict. And I don't mean just you know, dusting up for the sake of dusting up. I mean, he he does it for a purpose. And then when he's in it, he is the king. And I want to also say, Hank, you know, because I, I texted you to get it, that I used you in my MBA business class at Kellogg. Like you, just a video of you because that's it's awesome. that good. I appreciate it. No, I, that's why I sent it to you right away. What a big compliment. Thank you. So when we Hi. say that you're like, oh, amazing at conflict and at arguing, that doesn't surprise you, right? You know that? About no. Yourself? Well, here's the thing. Like what you guys saw on the train was I was picked on since I was little. So that doesn't faze me. Just because you look like you do? I'm ugly. Um, <laughs> I had corrective shoes. I was born with uh, club feet. Uh, I wore hard, uh, hard shoes. What the hell? In the 70s when everyone's always like, not that they're not wearing sneakers today, but if I wore hard shoes today, like, oh, he's cool. Not <laughs> yeah. in 1970. <laughs> I had well, hard I shoes with a wedge in the heel. Plus, mm. I had to go to I have a speech impediment. I have a slur. So I'm going to speech class. I have hard corrective shoes. Yeah. So trust me, I don't have a problem with conflict. <laughs> Okay, so how? So here's the thing. I heard your guy's segment. There's a difference between sitting across from your family at the Thanksgiving table and being in the media. Those are two vastly different things. I want to talk about the real world conversation you were having, but there is no real world. Everything is about having you having that conversation at the table makes zero fucking difference. You having that conversation in public makes all the difference. There is no comparison. I don't give a shit about your granddad, and he's not going to stop believing that black people are the N word. You're not going to correct him. Never. Not going to happen. Can you influence somebody through social? media and through your videos and through actually being passionate about how you feel about dude look at the time we're in so instead of getting on social media and whining and just basically speaking to the converted which the more i watch msnbc i'm like we're talking to ourselves right then what how do you actually argue passionately to listeners who may not agree with you so that it when you go from the megaphone there has to be a switch to the conversations you guys are having which is where those tools come in handy I just had this conversation two days ago where I'm having that big argument in the public space on Twitter, and then it goes offline. And it's there that I then I shift that tone. 
You have to then see what the person wants and what they're getting out of their ideas. You have to understand what someone's getting out of what they think and feel. And only then can you been, begin to Okay, so that's it. one thing, to, to have empathy. Would you call it empathy? 100%. Okay, yeah. so to have empathy. But there's something else about, and I've seen you write this or say this on social media, where, where you invite people to argue with you. And in doing that, it almost cuts down, it breaks the barrier down because you're saying to them, look, come disagree with me because that's how I'm going to get better at what I do and you're going to get better at what you do. So it's two things. Yes. So I feel like I'm behind the curve, but maybe I'm now right in the pocket, which is I just have to finish my, I'm this close to finishing my book proposal, which is hate me. That's the title of the book. Because Mm. in the media being polarizing, Donald Trump is a reality TV star. He won the presidency based on these very ideas. It doesn't matter whether you like him or hate him. There are people that resonate with his ideas. When you stand up passionately and fight for your ideas, guess what? You can become president of the United States, even if you're a moron, even if you're just a TV star. So you're saying that's the key to the argument that doesn't collapse your audience but grows it is to be on a mission. 100%. And the mission has to feel – It's something you're passionate enough about that you're going to – To argue. To argue. But it also has to be one that you believe if more people – behave the way you behaved or knew what you knew that their lives would be better. Correct. Yeah. And that's, I think, part of the problem with when when Trump takes things on. I don't believe for one second that he thinks more people will actually live better lives. No, here's the nuance and why it works. There are people's lives that would be better. It's the three of us. I love the tax thing that just passed the Senate. I can write Charlie's tuition off at school. What about I, our? What about writing off our state and city taxes? We can't do that. That's going to. I be love bad. a lot of this stuff. My business expenses, dude. Yeah. The, the small business, yeah. dude. I love being rich and white. Yeah. You kidding? You're talking to the wrong guy right now. <laughs> but here's the thing: that's only benefits that portion of the populace. Yeah. So sure, does it? So he can, he does fight yeah. with a mission for rich white people, which is awesome. I'm one of them. I want to go back to the subway for a minute. One of the defining features of Hank's arguments is it, there's no fear. Like I half the time I watch you, I think, why isn't somebody going to haul off and just punch well, you in the face? Let's talk about what the subway scene was. It was we got on the subway. We were going somewhere with Hank and his partner. There was a guy. He was in Hank's way or something. And Hank goes, move your fucking bag or something like that. Like right off, right out of the gate, basically hostile and the guy fought back and hank went right at it and we're standing by him like oh shit right like the guy wouldn't move his bag and hank was like fucking move your bag i just asked you to move your bag and the guy said something obnoxious bag and hank said i i I see you and i raise you four yeah so how do you uh, how do you argue in a way that doesn't lead people to punch you in the face well that in a social subway setting, that was a not a social well, setting. I mean, in one on one, public, in okay. public, yeah. yeah, that's a different thing. It's well, New but you York behave City. the same. I'm, I'm saying, if you behave the way you behave on the subway often, which I have to assume you do, you don't think you behave that way often? No. All right, let me ask you: Does your wife, if your wife were here, and I said, would you, do you think that Hank is publicly argumentative? Kathy no. would say yes. No, no, only if I get triggered. How often do you get triggered? Once a week. Okay. okay. That's- and, and, you're ne- and you're arguing what I'm asking you. What is it about the way you argue that leads the other person not to want to punch you in the face? I've never been in a fight. Physical Hank, fight. 
No, but why? Fight. Why? Because you're the kind because of person. Because he wears corrective shoes no, and he's got I'm this. Be, I wanna, I'm, I'm being serious, I'm being you guys. Ser- I know you are. The way you talk in lots of circles yeah. would trigger other people around you to no, think. Here, here's, the, here's what you just told me. You don't be, engage in this any level of that behavior because you fear that repercussion. Correct. I do yes. not. Because it doesn't happen. No one's punching anyone. And if it started to happen, you can still get out of it. Listen to what you just said. I'm not going to begin a journey because I already know the end. You don't know the end. And guess what? I've done it thousands of times, and I've never been in a fist fight in my life, not once. Wow. Okay. Stop being such a fucking chicken, That's what I've been telling you guys. On air, you're doing it everywhere. No offense. Chicks do it a lot more than dudes because I don't fear those social repercussions. I know there are social repercussions. If you spoke up at work, you're the bitch. We all know these stories and all this stuff is coming out. So so ask yourself, so? So what? So what if we are the bitch? This is one thing I've observed. Because Rachel and I are so comfortable, even in spite of your comments, more than other people around us to fighting with each other in public, in front of clients... It makes them uncomfortable. Yep, it so. makes Stephanie, our, our project yeah, manager, very. uncomfortable. And I, I'm consci- I'm too conscious of how they're perceiving us is part of the problem. Yeah. But so what? Meaning I think Rachel and I would. Is it bad for business? No. no. But End I'm... of story. Yeah. No, Suzanne, it's always about what it meant in your family. It always is. It's like. I can't. I don't. It's not my responsibility yeah. how you feel. That is, uh, can I just tell you, my ex-husband's entire career is about throwing bombs from the conservative side, you know, hand grenades into the public domain, understanding that that's how books make millions of dollars, okay? He published The Real Anita Hill. He published The Fucking Bell Curve, okay? This was a problem in our marriage. But as a theory, Adam's like, his, his whole personal theory of life, which is the joke in our family, is your feelings are not my problem. Not my fucking problem. See, uh, I'm not taking responsibility for your feelings. I hear you. I think, Rachel, you just said some key. That was 180 from how I was raised. Yeah. I was raised in an environment in which you had to be more conscious, care more about what other people thought than your, and in fact, shut down your inner self in favor of what. Here's the thing. I don't disagree with that. What I'm talking about is the next level. It's called, in psychology, differentiation. That I know, I'm aware, I'm empathetic, and I understand you're fucked up over what's going on between us or how I'm talking. And I choose then to meter that, like I did with the guy on the subway. If you remember, the intensity waxed and waned. Yeah. I'm playing him like a violin. It's so terrifying to think about. It's true. I think the thing that shocked me most about this conversation is honestly, no one has ever punched you. Well, that's because. And I'm not saying because you're an asshole. This is not about just get out there and argue your ass off. It's like get so good at it that you can play it like an instrument. Because it isn't just about getting out there and being a dick. Hate me as a concept and for my book and at what I teach isn't just about people hating you. That's not a media career. But being open, honest, and standing for shit attracts a lot of people to you. And then even knowing how the hate – then when the haters come to you, dude, I've been spent, I've spent 10 years converting haters. Here's what, here's what you have to not be so afraid of because this is the root of all bad arguing. If you worry so much what they think of you, right, as opposed to having the kind of confidence that you are you and you're not, you know, that you're not being an asshole, you're just standing up for, you're not going to get through this. 
you're, if you're so worried first and foremost about what they think of you, you, you can't stand up, be heard, jut out, certainly can't be famous. You can't. Not possible. You can't do anything. You can't be in business. Not with that as number one. You can't. I, It'll sap your courage like nothing. I hear you. So now let's just get really practical for a couple minutes before we sign off, because I said earlier to Rachel, I said to you, I was in that moment and I was shut down because I said to someone in the room who said something I disagreed with. And I said to her, well, that's not fair. And it triggered lots of people around I know, the table. You called me. Right. I was in a cab. You called me and just said, man, I was just slammed down. And so we thought together what you could say. What I should have said in response. What, without selling yourself out. Right. So what could you have said when you disagreed and you wanted to create an on-ramp to a healthy argument? I, I could have said to her, can I, can you talk Shana, more about you that? filthy slut. <laughs> right. no. I could have said to her. So can you talk more about that? I need to understand that more. I I should have said uh, something like that that would have opened up a conversation rather than shut one down. Because if I said to her, well, can you say more about that? Then she would have had to actually get into a content conversation about why she had that point of view. And I could have had a back and forth with her instead of shutting her down. I own that. I I think this is, and Rachel, I'm going to give this right to you. Don't interrupt. What? Don't you interrupting someone midstream. It's one thing if they're rambling and it's just becoming out of control. But well, there is, you know, did you just interrupt me? Yeah. So when you're arguing, try to do your best to let the other person just get it out. Well, you know what helps on that? Hmm. I've noticed I write down what it is I want to say. And it's suddenly if you're on a call or something. Yeah, just like time. it takes the urgency out of it. You know what's actually helped me a lot? Mm. Do you ever watch Chris Matthews? He is the fucking most horrifying interrupter. And at first I thought it was just women. It is not just women. It's everybody. He interrupts so badly that I'm screaming at the television. And I see myself. <laughs> and then I would say end it, end it when just like this show. End when you need to end. Don't keep. There's a point of no return, and there's a point of diminishing return. Know when that is. There's a certain point. Just shut shut it down. Yeah. Don't repeat yourself when it's not getting anywhere. I own that. We'll be back to the big payoff next week. If you like what you heard, you can find us at BigPayoffRadio.com, on iTunes, on the Acast app, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please, please rate and review us. It matters.